This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, the very best podcast for comic book fans. I'm your host, Mike Rapid, and joining me this week, the frigid winds and snow of the Midwest, Paloma. Hello, hello, hello. And Kate. Hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm really excited to talk about comic books. Next week's show is episode 400 of I Read Comic Books. I honestly can't believe that because 400 episodes is crazy. Um, and also that it happens to coincide with our ninth annual episode. I swear I didn't like fudge the numbers to make this happen. It is a perfect miracle that on the anniversary of I Read Comic Books, it also happens to be episode 400. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, one other thing I'll say is if you've been listening to the show, we always want your feedback. And I always ask for it, send us an email, do whatever. But right now we have our listener feedback survey. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, or if you're a Patreon person, listen to it on a Monday, or if you're uh, listening to us live on Discord, and you haven't taken the listener survey, there's a link to that in our show notes. I really want you to go tell us what you think about the show, give us some information about how you listen to podcasts. We just want to know because we're going to review it as a show and try to make this show better based on your feedback, good or bad, whatever you have to say about IRCB, we want to hear it. So check that out in the show notes. Um, it's going to be live until January 20th at about midnight. So you've only got a couple days if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Um, and if you're listening to this in the past, I'm really, really sorry. Um, I didn't mean to make this so timely, but we had to. Um, so let's get into things. Let's talk about comic books. I have two legally mandated questions that I have to ask, and I do on every single episode of the show. And that is, how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Paloma. Hi, Mike. I've been pretty swell trying to stay warm in this blizzard i don't know if it's legally a blizzard i'm not a weather person so don't quote me there but yeah and the cats are extra cuddly right now because it's so cold and i will say comics have been great i've read awesome my singles my manga my graphic novels so i'm having a great time living it up and Love to hear it. yeah my big pick for this week that i absolutely loved was the great beyond by Leah Mirowick from Drawn and Quarterly. And from like the get-go, the cover caught my eye. If graphic design is your passion, I would like check this book out. (laughs) (laughs) The perspective on this is just phenomenal. And a little bit about The Great Beyond is in this world, presence is your essence. If folks don't know who you are, people don't read your name, you kind of just cease to exist. And the conundrum that our main character is in, her name is Manel Mar, is that there's a pop star who's like on the rise that has the same name as her. So when people see her name, they think of the pop star and not her. And she's kind of fed up with that. It's a very interesting look, I guess, as to like what it means to be thought of and maybe in like a more meaningful way. In this big city, there's like billboards and as I'm like going through, I'm like, oh, these billboards are just people's names. It's a phenomenal read. Oh, it's called The Great Beyond because there's a fabled Great Beyond where you're no longer maybe bound to the need to have yourself remembered. But there's also the fear of leaving the big city to The Great Beyond and like maybe you'll just cease to exist. That Okay, this book, this book sounds like it would break my heart completely. Uh, I'm very much need to read this holy smokes i'm i'm gonna put this on my library list because i'm trying to buy less <laughs> comics this year um but yeah this this sounds crazy how did how did you come across this book so i would just see it on the shelves at the comic shop and mm-hmm. the art reminded me of a different book called 
wild or so I was born to be. I can't remember mm -hmm. the creator behind that, but just kind of like character design was like s simple, loose lines, seems Piao-esque if you're a fan of that old publishing company. Yeah. But anything that I feel like that has like three, just like three to four colors in its palette and just stunning background, just like shapes, designs, patterns. This is all in this creator's head. Amazing. Uh, well, you've you sold me. <laughs> that idea for a story is like the kind of like weird sci-fi fantasy. Like it's not even sci-fi, but it's like there's like this weird extra existential piece to that that like mm -hmm. oh man this is gonna rock me i think i think this is gonna really hurt me paloma how dare you do this to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh well thank you for that i'm i'm definitely want to check this out um, i'm sorry to get so hyped about it but that is such a such a cool concept mm -hmm. to me um anyways kate uh let's before i ramble any further uh how have you been how have comic books been what have you been reading i've been good i am also in the very frozen north of the u.s right now i don't leave mm -hmm. my house these days um at least for the next few days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything is is under uh snow everything including my car and mm -hmm. my porch and my front stoop um i read uh two books by image the first book was the six fingers number one by dan waters and sumit kumar this is releasing on february 21st thank you image for sending them early um and then i also read the one hand number one by ram v and lawrence campbell releasing on february 2nd or 7th and the reason that i i list these both together is because they they are connected, which I didn't realize when I started reading them. Like I, I happened to just see two or a few number ones. And I was like, this is what I'm going to read tonight. And then I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> is this is this uh, the same book? No, different creators. <laughs> um, uh, God, because so when cool. I when I opened them, the first page pages of both of these are very similar. Um so mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. are these stories tell d two different sides of of the same mystery um and they are being advertised as cat and mouse games for fans of blade runner ghost in the shell and black mirror and so far i agree so with that kind of like futuristic urban kind of grungy city story maybe like no noir maybe i don't read a lot of noir but um i have i got those vibes from it and mm -hmm. um I, I feel like when I was reading these two different stories from two different perspectives about the same event, I felt like Charlie Day's character in Pacific Rim with that board connecting all of his discoveries. <laughs> it's a it's a gift that I use a lot. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and or like maybe like Neo in the Matrix, like I'm, I'm going to take the red pill and I'm going to see how far this rabbit hole goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm really intrigued by a couple of decisions about this like dual release. Um and one of those is that like i'm both surprised and also intrigued and also i understand why these two stories have different creative teams like mm -hmm. it made me double guess myself at first because i'm like if they're going to tell like kind of the same story in a way wouldn't they be from the same creators but at the same time like these are different character like groupings like different people are in are in these different stories um sure. so it makes a lot of sense to me to, to keep them unique and to kind of keep the series fresh maybe between the two of them um that they mm -hmm. would have different creative teams and i think that it worked out really well and then also in terms of like world building like i'm i'm a big fan of world building <laughs> yeah um yeah. and having 
these two different, very different characters in this like futuristic city. You're seeing two different like I don't want to say class um, worlds, but it is like they are from very different walks of life. Um, and so you're seeing different aspects of this one city and like bringing these two series together and reading them um, together. Like you're it's just such an interesting way to explore some world building it's so unique mm-hmm. and i've never i don't know that i've ever seen this done before like i don't read event books with superheroes <laughs> sure but usually the superhero story is already established in the world you know like yeah so yeah. to have two um new series released together that explore a new world is just extremely cool um and and it, i got to the point um with my little charlie day connections board where i was like there are some other number ones being released by image this week are they all connected (laughs) (laughs) Um, well you know as as much as i'm sure image would love to be able to sell books because they're all connected like that i feel like this type of thing is very rare right like i think the only other books at image that are maybe kind of doing this are all like the massive verse radiant black radiant pink yeah stuff that kyle higgins is doing um, and I, I, but I feel like it's very risky, right? It's very risky to be like, hey, not you need to not only get on board with one book, but two books. And that's like, there's a whole other discussion to be had. Maybe we'll do that in the in the post credits of of how much money and how much bandwidth people have in order to like pick up comics. I think with two miniseries, because I'm guessing these are miniseries, that they're going to be able to tell this story concisely, but giving like two sides of the coin. But if you only pick up one, it'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Like I imagine that that's how this is going to be spun out. Um, but I don't know. I, I I remember when I saw the solicit for the six fingers and then one hand, I was like, these covers look similar. And are they related? And then to find out that they are, are back and forth is like, it's very exciting. It's like you kind of asked the question of like, why wouldn't you just sell like a 14 issue miniseries, right? Or 14 issue series that kind of goes back and forth. But I don't know. There's something about splitting it up that kind of feels cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like intrigued by, I think I, I think I read the, the one hand first, which is actually, mm-hmm. um, no, I think that's correct as to the release dates. And yeah. I, I was already sold on the one series. Like I, I was going to okay. read the next one already um just based on that first book and now that i know that there's two related books i'm like i'm gonna be in this i'm gonna be waiting for these to come in now (laughs) yeah 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 and you know i was funny because i was thinking i was like well why didn't they release these on the same day right like wouldn't that be exciting but i think to your point kate now it's like if you get the one hand two weeks later you get six fingers two weeks later you get the one hand like that's a pretty that's a pretty smart release schedule um that doesn't feel abusive like the marvel three that three a month or dc once a week books that were coming out you know for a while um so i don't know kate you'll have to follow up on this i think maybe we'll get more of these comps but even still like let us know how this this plays out because i'd be curious to see if maybe this works just in the first issue or maybe and they split off and go far away from each other and then come back in the end or if it's like cat and mouse like, um this is very exciting um i'm glad to hear that these were as good as my my head made me think they were going to be yep i'm a fan that's awesome yeah well, let me let me talk a little bit about how I've been um, and what I've been reading. Uh, I have been continuing down my uh, hypocritical path of buying comics every week, um, even though I said I wasn't going to. But I am buying with the intention of on Wednesday, I buy the books and then I read them. Right. That's it. And if I don't think that there's going to be a book that I get to, I don't buy it that week. That's where I'm at with my comics. And it's crazy. That's not it's how the you read wildest comics. Feeling. What are you doing? I, I, listen, I, Nick and I had like an hour long 
text conversation about this, about how there's this there's this thing that I think we as comic book readers do where we kind of lie to ourselves and we're like, oh, I'm going to buy all these books. I'll, I'll get to those other ones later, but I'm going to read the ones that I really want to read right now. And I'll, you know, backlog these other ones. And sometimes we just never get to them. You know, we just we just keep buying books and we kind of sit on them. So I've been trying to be very like. I'm only buying a certain number of books today because I want to read them now because I I know I've got time. I've dedicated time for reading comics tonight. This is what I'm going to do. Um, so it's been a very interesting experience. Um, I read a couple different things this week, but the one book that I do want to talk about is uh, Masterpiece number two. Um, this is the Brian Michael Bendis on writing pencils and inks by Alex Maliev, colors by Ian Herring, letters by Joshua Reed. As expected, if you, if you didn't read number one, the quick summary of this book is a young girl, her name is Masterpiece, finds out that her parents were the greatest heist that ever, er, heist takers that ever lived, robbers, whatever you want to call them. Um, thieves, that's the word that I'm looking for. They were the greatest thieves to ever live. They robbed a billion dollars from one of the richest men in the world, and he didn't know that they had a daughter. And that billionaire finds the daughter and says, hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want you to rob my enemy the same way that you, your parents robbed me. Like, I want you to make someone else hurt. And she doesn't want to. Second issue starts off. I won't really go into the specifics because it does become really cool and really heisty with a lot of like unveilings in the first couple of pages. But boy, oh boy, is this a wordy book. It's we're right back to classic Bendis, just like so many word bubbles. You're kind of like, who's talking? It's like listening to four people in a room having a conversation at you at the same time. And you really don't know which thread you're following until you like sit back and you kind of ask someone to repeat themselves. And that was me reading this issue. I was kind of rereading pages and panels um, when the layout wasn't great. And I really have to say, Joshua Reed is has their work cut out for them. They are are putting in 150% to make this book work. Uh, because if you've read Bendis books, there's a lot of just broken up bubbles, um, one sentence, two sentence bubbles um, that are really short and quick. And I know that's to create this kind of like snappiness to the writing. I think Bendis can do that very, very well. I think the first issue really nailed that. This second issue, it kind of felt like people just talking over each other for the sake of just having people say things. Um, so there's a little bit of, a, of an annoyance there. But... This issue still rocked because Alex Maliev does some of the coolest layouts I've seen in a long time in their style, right? Like Maliev is known for doing these very beautiful, like very shadowy, very emotive uh, and, and moody type drawings for people. And I think while he does that very well in this book, there's, the color work is very different. Ian Herring is doing something that's not typical to a Maliev book in, in terms of coloring. It's very flat. It feels almost like the, the David Aha Hawkeye book is the first book that comes to mind where there's just this flatness to the book. And that's really cool. But there's these flashback scenes and there's these quote unquote movie scenes in this issue that are like peak 60s and 70s heist style where there's just like these these blocky things. It reminds me of like the opening of Cowboy Bebop or Venture Bros where there's just like splatters on some of the pages and like things are broken up in really clever actiony ways. Um, floored me. Just totally. There's a couple of pages in this book that are just top tier comics bullshit and I love it to death. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And they also did some really cool stuff with like the players of this book as this second issue starts to get into the more heisty side of things. And Maliev gets to have some fun and Bendis, the whole team clearly had a lot of fun setting up like, here's how things worked in the past. And here's what the reality of that was. And here's what it's going to do in the future. So they do this little who's who page that I thought was really, really fun. The dialogue is a little confusing in those moments, but the layout and the goofiness of that whole bit is really, really, it executed really, really well to make it worth it to get past some of the frustrating bubbles and and words of this book um 
but yeah I, again this book is pretty fun i think i'm gonna keep reading it if only to say like i like everything that's been set up so far i just have these little annoyances um that aren't enough to really put me off of the book and i've got another book that i'm going to talk about in a little <laughs> bit where the annoyances put me off the book significantly and we will we'll get into it but uh masterpiece number two is pretty good i don't know if it's a masterpiece in itself has yet to be discovered but uh uh we'll see how it goes um i don't know give it a chance i really would be curious to know what other people who have read more bendis recently think about this book because i have been kind of off of his work for a while since he moved over to dc um so i don't know if you have thoughts email us ircbpodcast at gmail.com but um yeah i guess uh let's bounce back over to paloma you reading anything else anything you want to talk about yes do have a book i'm excited to talk about but i also am I'm going to have to go back to issue one of Masterpiece because I also haven't read okay. Bendis books in forever. I used to be like a huge mm-hmm. fan of his like in high school and like early 20s. And then yeah, dude, I think nothing against him moving to DC. I think I end up reading more DC than, than Marvel, but I just didn't read too much of his DC work. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to check out Masterpiece. Yeah, I, I tried his I think I tried like Checkmate or something mm-hmm. like that that he wrote um, and it like it like didn't click with me. And I think that's a combination of me not being a DC person, like in my hardest of hearts. Um, and also Bendis just his, his, his thing just doesn't jive with some stories. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, tell us about this other book before we get too deep into the yes. <laughs> lore of DC. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I was like, it's been a while since I've like read an all ages book, like all ages graphic novel. So mm-hmm. I picked up ghost roast by Shanae Gibbs and Chanel Gibbs I believe they're sisters and it's illustrated by Emily Cannon and this was Emily's first graphic novel and I will say it is not a comedy show where people are roasting ghosts it is about (laughs) (laughs) uh, a freshman girly and freshman in high school and all her life she was known as ghost girl because her dad was a ghost exterminator not successful, mm. not lucrative, but he always believed in it. And he has a ghost exterminator weapon called Ghost Rose, where the title comes from. Sick. But we follow her. She's stuck working for her dad for the summer, and they get this big gig to, um, I guess, exercise a mansion from some hauntings. And she meets this ghost boy who uh, I think was killed back um, just after folks were emancipated and there's a whole bunch of lore there and mystery as to like what happened to him but it was a lot of fun the art was super expressive you can definitely see like the classic this artist liked manga and it works so well here (laughs) um our main characters she's plucky she's relatable she's funny and both of her parents have cool jobs where the dad's a ghost exterminator and her mom works for the history preservation whatever they call people that work for the history local history uh okay society like a preservation society yes, or something yes okay okay and it was just a lot of fun i what i really liked about this too is that it's a ghost book like spooky it what well, it's not spooky but eerie but set in the summer instead of fall and it also nice. benefits being set in new orleans which has a, its own superstitions and history and mm-hmm. It was just a blast. I'm excited to see more from these creators in the comic scene. Just great all ages book. Good stuff. Awesome. 
Uh, I do love, <laughs> I do love your point about like creators that were heavily influenced by manga and kind of throwing some of those things in. Uh, I think like as manga has become even more prevalent in the West, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's how you hook young yes. readers sometimes. Is they're like, no, no, I know this from Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they're doing that thing that they do in the manga or the anime. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's so fun. Like Fence is another book that yes. I think does that really, really well. Um, and I really, really like that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really fun to hear. That's usually a thing that will like tip me over from going, I like this book to I love this book. Because there's like that little bit of humor that isn't related to the story, but it's really fun when you see it and it's done well that's cool um well kate what about you have you read anything else yeah i okay so i've been trying to read some things that i added to my to read list um at the beginning of when i started like collecting a to read list so we're looking at mm -hmm. almost a decade ago at this point um so <laughs> so i started from the beginning for some insane reason <laughs> that's and, awesome uh, i mean it's 2024 <laughs> and you know we're finally getting to our to read list right. i love it i love to hear it <laughs> Um, so I read Day Tripper by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Baugh, colors by Dave Stewart, letters by Sean Connaught. And um, I'm kind of mad that this book was so good. And the more that I think about it, the better it gets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> like the first few issues of this collected volume, I was annoyed because this this book is all about like you see th these experiences from one person's life through his life and at the end of each of these experiences he dies but then the next issue in the volume picks up with him having sur actually survived that experience and now mm. he's having another experience or maybe it's a flashback where he also dies or something and i just thought it that it was really pretentious <laughs> <laughs> um but then i couldn't okay. put it down <laughs> i love it <laughs> and um i don't know the the fact that the character dies at the end of each issue kind of creates this like emotional weight that makes you feel the importance of the experience that happened in that in that issue mm -hmm. like like he met um uh, he met a girl and maybe this is the girl but he gets hit by a car or something like that you know like oh like this was like a real thing that really could have impacted his life too bad his life is over now yeah. um um, but I mean, you continue reading and you, and it makes it clear that, you know, he survived that. This is the next thing that happens. That's a big deal in his life. And then he dies again. It took some adjusting to as a reader, sure, you know, you had sure. to keep going suspended disbelief, um, some bullshit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's the best way to pitch a book. This is some bullshit. I love it. I love that. Um, <laughs> so the the last issue of this volume ends much different than the rest of this book. And there's like, there's so many different bits of this last issue that contrast to like all of these patterns that all of the previous issues like set up for you to expect. And sure. it, it makes you reflect about that last issue. And I was thinking about this for hours. Like I finished this book at like 8 PM. I was thinking about this when I went to bed at midnight and no I'm like, way. okay, which like was like what parts of this last issue are are like actual canon like if there was a next issue what would be what would have actually happened where would the story have like actually stopped and mm. it's just it's one of those books that makes you keep thinking and like i i i'm on this goodreads group for the i read comic books 
um, Goodreads group on on Goodreads. Anyway, I said yeah, Goodreads yeah. like six times. You, everyone, everyone <laughs> should join that. By the way, if you're not a member of the IRCB Goodreads group, you should go join that. Start the reading challenge when we do it in February. But yeah, plug plug aside. Yeah. Um. So I I said my first post of the year. I said if I don't like a book, I'm not going to keep reading it. There are too many books that I want to read. I'm just going to stop. This is kind of like what you're trying to do, Mike. Um, yeah. But if I hadn't kept reading past these first couple of pretentious issues, I would not have gotten to the last issue, and I would not mm-hmm. be talking about this right now. So I'm mad because I have to eat my words. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here here's the thing though. That is that is very interesting about that because I think. There is a difference sometimes, right? Like when it comes to single issue comics or like a collection of comics, I think that there's nothing wrong with saying I got two issues in. It really didn't click with me. I'm going to end it. I think that's fine. I don't want to. I'm going to be done with this. But I think like with a graphic novel, and I don't know if Day Tripper came out as like single issues or whatever, but I feel like with a collection and a graphic novel, sometimes you kind of have to like push through and like say, I'm only going to read a volume. And if it go- continues, whatever. But if it's an, it's an original graphic novel, that's just that. My personal belief is you got to see that through to the end because you need to be able to make like a full assessment of the story. Like you got to let someone cook for a little bit in order to see if the dish is actually going to be palatable. You can't just go off of the ingredients. Um, so I, I I commend you for, for you know, not sticking to your own words um, because that is hard, right? I feel like it's very hard. Like this book that I'm going to talk about here in a second, I almost felt the same. I got two issues in and I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, but I finished it still didn't like it but at least i can say i got to the end um so th- i don't know you've convinced me also to now read day tripper because that's been on my like for f- to read list forever and i feel like every time i say that to someone they like get ready to like backhand me yeah i <laughs> uh, i'm pretty sure that this was collected I, i'm pretty sure that it was single issues first because if you look on interesting like into the volume information it says collects issues one through ten or something like that um, yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah. know that if I had picked this up in single issues, I don't think I would have gotten past the first two issues. Like, I think I would have stopped wow. there. But the fact that like, like how you said, if it's an OGN, you you kind of give it a little bit more time. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that I had this in a volume downloaded from Hoopla on my tablet, like it was easy to just kind of swipe to the next page and try that that third issue, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, that and this is it's a whole other conversation about why digital is so important. But before I go into that, because uh, I apparently have a million things to say about every single bit that you guys have said to me today. <laughs> um, I want to talk about one other book. Um, this is the top of my pile last week. Uh, it's called Ruination. Uh, I read volume one. This is by Ryan Biss. Uh, art by Sarah Flesher, Elizabeth McKenzie, uh, Julia Lolly, colors by Katie Brown, letters by Matthias Zanetti. Um, so overall, uh, I said that I, I picked this up off of Kickstarter. Um because, uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. It was kind of like the fantasy bullshit that I really, really like in comics. Um, and I feel like Kickstarter tends to lean into that stuff easier because it's it's not an easy genre to sell. I think in other aspects, like unless you're writing an, an OGN for like HarperCollins or First Second, it's really hard to get like fantasy books out there that are like actual real bullshit fantasy. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I mean, you guys know what I mean, right? Because mm-hmm. there's like there's the happy-go-lucky stuff that's like... Um, uh, that are like YA books that that kind of work yeah. with like knights and shields and everyone's kind of happy and whatever. And then there's like adult mature. This is kind of Dungeons and Dragons, but it's not um, that I feel like doesn't jive with everyone in the comic market. Um, it's clearly a seller in the books market, but not necessarily in the comics market. Um, and so I, I was excited for this book and I read it. And this is a much beefier book than I expected. I didn't realize that each issue was like 
32 or more pages and that the collected edition that I had was not only the six issues, but also an additional issue and then like another 100 pages of like how to or how the book was created content. So I I will say I, I read through it. Um, I got through the six issues. I did not read the Tales of Ruination story. Um, and particularly because uh, it turns out like the this book while the art is really good um the story has a pretty good hook right there's like two warring nations one nation um kind of was decimating the other and then suddenly um the decimators just disappeared off the face of the earth no one knows why um and the people who were under attack have started to flourish we meet a handful of different characters this book seems to be about one character and then immediately switches perspective as kind of like ah ha we're doing something different which was interesting um but the problem that I have with this book. And I'm very sorry. There, there's timestamps in this episode. If you want to skip past all of this, this is just going to be me dumping my brain onto everybody here, including the two of you. So I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> this, uh, while this book looks really good, I will say it's like a very, very high quality comic book in terms of sometimes with Kickstarter, the, the quality kind of can waver. And especially like page to page, it can waver. But I feel like on the whole, this book is really, really well done. It's super beautiful. The art, the pencils and inks are fantastic. Like the colors are are stupendous throughout the entire book. I Like at one point in the series, they do switch artists, I think for an issue or two. Um, but the style change isn't really obvious. The line work is, is a little bit different. It does get a little bit G.I. Joe. I watched a lot of anime. Here's like my big anime Dragon Ball character moments for the villain, um, which again, I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had a good laugh screenshotting things and sending it to Nick as I was reading this book. But I was also complaining about this book significantly. Um, because one of the main issues I had with Ruination was its inability to really get give a specific and continuous tone, right? There was no consistency in this book. I couldn't tell if it was a serious fantasy book or it was a Dungeons and Dragons, the movie style book, because it wavered back and forth from that or an all ages book because there were kids involved in the story. For every harsh moment where they're killing people and slitting their throats and saying, ha ha, I can't believe that you killed that guy before me. There's also moments of these little kids running around and like picking flowers and being goofballs and like while a book can have all of that these types of scenes were happening one page after the other there'd be a page of them brutally murdering four guys and then the next page would be these two little kids running around saying we're having a fun time in this alternate dimension and i'm like at for me that is a lot of whiplash to like i don't know there, there's a thing about fantasy and death where like people get killed and that happens and you know dungeons and dragons and where you're like murdering people and you kind of move on and with your story and that's kind of how this book felt like there was no actions or consequences despite the characters saying oh i don't know if i've actually killed anyone before and then immediately turn the page and kill someone and there's no like ramifications for that um we've got a character who's like a guard he's supposed to be a well-trained knight of this order and yet he seems to unable to be do to unable to do anything of actual consequence because our main character kayla is the character that does everything she has all the knowledge she has all of the moves she has all the power she knows everything she is smarter and quippier and cleverer than everybody in the story no one gets to shine except for her which is kind of a shame because this book really does tout itself by the third issue as being like an ensemble cast and every time it tries to give someone the spotlight kayla shows up and has to steal up and has that was necessarily the author's intent but like there were so many moments where this main character is trying to give a serious tone about something. Someone will ask a question and rather than giving a serious answer while she's been serious for the whole page, we'll just quip and just say something like a, like a goof answer. And I was just like, 
how I, I don't, is this supposed to be relatable to me? Cause it didn't feel very relatable or interesting or like fun. It just felt like I couldn't, nail the tone of this book so i couldn't tell if i was supposed to be taking things seriously or not until suddenly murder and death is on the line and then we're supposed to take it really seriously but if anybody but the main character actually gets one over on somebody it doesn't count because she says well that wasn't fast enough but you managed to do it and it's like give these people some credit they're saving each other's lives um I don't know this. I, I don't mean to just sit here and harp on this book because a lot of it really, really worked. It it felt like it had all the pieces for a really good eventual long form fantasy story, but it just could not figure out how it wanted to tell that story. It felt like there was a story that started at the beginning of the book. And by the time we got to the end, the author decided to take the book in a different direction, um, which is really unfortunate because we lose a lot of the very tiny incremental character building that we had in this story for a totally different direction. Um, and I don't know if that was, again, if there was, that was their intent or something, but uh, again, the, by the end of the volume, the pr the perspective of who's the main character switches and all of the one dimensional characters that we've met throughout this book suddenly get character growth. That is extremely unearned. All of their character tones and, and what they want to do is change, except for one character who rightfully overheard that his parents had died and then was upset that no one would actually tell him that because he kept asking about his parents and everyone's like, Oh no, they're probably in this city that we're trying to get to. And he knew that they're dead. So of course he's going to be mad. So he's, it's valid at the end that he's upset. But other than that, no one else gets any earned anything. Our main character doesn't grow at all. She never learns to trust the people. She just gets mad when they don't trust her. It's, it's, it's very frustrating. So I really wanted to like this book. I really wanted to read more of it. And I was surprised that the book didn't end at the end of the six issues because that's what I thought it was. And I just didn't read the Kickstarter description well. But ultimately, this is the thing that like... <laughs> I, I I really wanted to like it and I couldn't. And that's, I don't mean to just rag, but sometimes you read a book and you're really hyped about it and it just doesn't work for you. Um, so that's, I don't know. I feel like I'm not very negative on the show. So I, <laughs> I, I'm taking my one chance. Um, but who knows? I might check out the next volume. This is the weird thing. There's enough of this book that made me interested that I might want to check out the next volume. And this is like the most frustrating part, which is why I wanted to talk about it because all the pieces are there and maybe I just can't see the puzzle here. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe when the next collection comes out, maybe I'll finally get it. But anyways, um, that's what I've, I've been reading. I'm sorry to just dump on you guys. <laughs> um, sometimes you just don't. Sometimes a book just doesn't sell you. And that's, you know, that's where I my know. whole like, when do I stop reading if I don't like something or do I keep going? Yeah, it's a right. whole it's like a challenge. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, let's take a quick break uh, before uh, my, my head explodes with fire because apparently I'm sweating a lot over here. Um, we come back, we're going to talk about the top of our pile and we're going to talk about why we don't have a guest this week. So we'll be back in just a second. Before we get to the second half of the show, I've got two things really quick. One, I want to remind everybody that if you're not already following us on the internet, you should check out our Instagram, our TikTok, our Discord, our Goodreads, uh, YouTube. We've got all these things linked in the show notes. Danny's doing a great job over on our YouTube. Kate's running our Instagram. I try to run our TikTok. It's a lot of fun. If you're not following us on over there, why aren't you? Come on, give us a good reason. Email me, ircbpodcast at gmail.com. If not, if anything, you should go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash ircbpodcast. Follow it for free. You can do that for free. 
if you pay a little bit of money, you can get access to all sorts of stuff like Saga of Saga that's coming back this year because a new volume of Saga dropped. Better Batmobile. We've got a new episode of that coming. Uh, IRCB Movie Club's coming up. We're voting right now on what our next movie is going to be. All that stuff for just a couple bucks a month. That's at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Um, I said right before we broke for the second half, we were supposed to have a guest on today's episode. I think I said that last week. Unfortunately, due to some scheduling mishaps and just things that were out of our control, ultimately, uh, we couldn't make that happen today. We were supposed to have a good friend of our show, Ari Gross, on to talk about their new book that's coming out on Kickstarter called Wardens Number 1. The quick pitch for this book is it's 1926 in Prohibition-era Toronto, and strange things are afoot in the working-class immigrant neighborhood known as, quote, The Ward. Rachel Tussman, a 20-year-old Jewish seamstress, has her life turned upside down when tragedy befalls her younger sister, Goldie, and gives rise to the Shmada, an assemblage of possessed clothes out for bloody revenge. Drawn into a hidden world of Jewish magic, Rachel must unite with her sister, Goldie's secret Chinese lover, Sonny, and black jazz trombonist, Nick, to stop Shmata, uncover the source of the fire, and survive a gang war that threatens to tear the ward apart. Um, all this stuff about the Kickstarter is going to be on the pre-launch page, which I'm putting into the uh, show notes here. You can also check stuff at Ari's website, arigross.ca slash wardens. That's also going to be in the show notes uh, where you can see the characters and everything that's going to be going on with that book. It looks really cool. Uh, unfortunately, I wish we, we could have talked to Ari about it today, but um, one way or another, you should check out the Kickstarter. It's really, really fun. Um, Ari's fantastic. They were on the show before um, a couple months back. Um, and yeah, so good luck, Ari, with the rest of your, with your Kickstarter when it launches. But for now, Let's talk about comics that are on the top of our pile, comics that are new or old or just something you're trying to get off of your forever to read list, maybe. Well, uh, <laughs> um, I'll shout out some of our folks on Discord that are hanging out with us today. CK is going to be reading Octopus, a memoir of flailing. Avocado Kenobi is going to be reading Petrolhead number three. Jeff is reading uh, One Piece chapter 1100 and is so close to being caught up. Jeff, I'm so proud of you. Uh, Danny is reading Avengers Twilight number one, which is not a crossover between Twilight, the book series and Avengers, according to Danny. And Hugh is going to be reading Our Bones Dust. If you want to get a shout out on the show, you can always check us out on our Discord. If you listen live or just get tagged with that live listeners tag that we have on there, you too can get a shout out on our episodes. Link to our Discord is in the show notes. For now, Kate, what's on the top of your pile? Yeah, so I'm going to be reading Catwoman Lonely City. This is by Cliff Chang. Um, this was talked about by Kate uh, Scotchless last episode um, in mm. much more much more in depth than I'm going to. Um, in some, it's an Elseworlds story that features Catwoman and some other DC villains. Doesn't really have Batman in it. Um, and the reason I'm going to be reading this is that it's the January pick for the book of the month on the Goodreads group, which um, like. We mostly don't pick just one book to all read together anymore, but January is the exception because whoever yeah. finishes our reading challenge the previous year gets to help pick the one book that we all read for January. So I've I've seen some pretty positive reviews about this, both by Kate and also on Goodreads, um, and it's been a pretty pretty positive response. And I'm I'm I don't read a lot of DC, but these like kind of one off stories, I they seem to be kind of what i need to be reading because every time i read one i enjoy it hell yeah dude that's you're totally right and this book rules we talked about it last week reminded me why i was so hyped for it when it came out and it kicks ass from beginning to end um i'm really excited to hear what you think about it kate uh well for me this week i'm excited for a book that i thought got canceled which is maybe the best feeling in the entire world because The Weatherman, Volume 3, is coming back. Weatherman, if you read this book when it came out a couple years back, crazy, wild sci-fi romp. Um, this is the final seven issues. So Weatherman number one is coming out. This is by Jody Lee Hupp, Nathan Fox. Um, the Weatherman uh, is a book 
that is the first two arcs was basically about unfolding the world about our protagonist local weatherman of mars nathan bright as they learn about just exactly who they are in a world ravaged by the destruction of earth earth is gone um and no one knows why uh, there's this big mystery there's this big villain i guess people kind of know why but still there's this big villain who disappeared and somehow nathan bright this weatherman is at the center of it. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because the book is super fun. Um, Nathan Fox's art is unbelievably cool. Like it's such a beautiful, like flashy book that like just looking at it goes to have, this is what comic books is all about. This is the cool shit right here. And it helps that the story also rocks, right? I will say reading it month to month back in the, when it first came out was a little hard. The story is kind of topsy turvy and kind of goes in a couple directions. You kind of don't know what's true and what's fake because there's a lot of memory things. There's a lot of timelines and story bits that are kind of playing side by side. However, when I went back and reread the first volume, when volume two was coming out, it, it totally works. It reminded me why I love this book when I first picked it up. Um, and I, so I'm very excited to go back and read volumes one and two because it's been a minute since these books came out. So I can get myself up to speed and I can pick up this book. This is one of those books that like go on my, this is an exception to the rule of not buying new comics series um, things because it's like Saga. Like, am I not going to just complete my collection? Am I not going to be like up to date on this book that I've been so desperately in love with? So very excited to, to check this out. Um, Again, I'm very excited to go back to reread this series as well, because it's beautiful. It's really, really fun. It's very funny and action packed. And it's the art is unparalleled. There's not a lot of books doing crazy wild sci-fi neon colored shit like this. Um, and I'm I'm just hyped. Plus, they have a really good like soundtrack in the back of these books, which is always fun to listen to. So yeah, if you get a chance, go read volumes one and two of The Weatherman and then pick up this new one because you will not be disappointed. I'm certain about it. That's like a Mike Rappin kind of guarantee, but I don't know if I have the money to refund like 30 or 40 bucks if people <laughs> don't like it. So like uh, borrow this from your library and let me know what you think. <laughs> is this renumbering at one when it releases? So Image is calling it the Weatherman Volume 3 Number 1. Okay. Um, because the first volume is the Weatherman. The second volume was, I think, the Weatherman 2 Number. I can't remember how they did it. I kind of wish that there was like a, a colon, like a, a, a subtitle to the series, like Weatherman, the beginning, Weatherman, the aftermath, and Weatherman, the final story or something like that. But, you know, we can't pick them all. I can't make these choices. Um, I'll give uh, my good friend Jody Lee Hupp a call and see if we can get that sorted. Um, or I'll call Eric Stevenson. We're also on good terms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Uh, over at Image. But anyways, uh, before I make any more bold lies uh, of claims, uh, Paloma... <laughs> What's on the top of your pile before we wrap today's episode up? On the top of my pile is Tokyo These Days, Volume 1 by Taiyo Matsumoto. And I'm really stoked oh. to read this because Taiyo Matsumoto, um, he's done awesome works like Ping Pong, Sunny, Number 5. His art style is just amazing and unique. Oh, and then recently they re-released the like 30th anniversary edition of Tekong King Crete. For the, yeah. yeah that he also did. i read that last year yeah so just great stuff and what's cool about this one this almost feels like one of his more grounded works in a set because like number five was i think the last one that we got and that one's like sci-fi i'm not sure what's happening but i'm here anyway mm. and we follow a manga editor like in his like last days before retirement and i just love it when we get like manga about mangaka are like folks in the business because it's 
it's just, I just find it so fascinating because it's it's just so meta and great. I'm I'm just very stoked for this. Hell yeah! So when are we doing that uh, uh, Bakugan uh, reread? Uh, sometime <laughs> soon, maybe. Uh, oh, <laughs> you haven't read Bakugan? I, that's the name of the book, yes, right? I'm yes. not going crazy. Yeah, it's a story about two 15 year old boys who are like, "We're gonna go make, we're gonna become manga creators," and then it's it's very long. But it's it's uh it's uh the guy who did the art for Death Note mm-hmm. and for Hikaru no Go. Uh, it's it's fa- fantastic. Um, but anyways, that's I, I also appreciate that. I guess is what I'm getting. At. I really love because I don't know enough about the manga industry, mm-hmm. and so anytime I can learn more through a manga story, I'm like. You've sold me. I'm going to read this. The end. But that's really cool. Yeah, I, as I said, I did read uh, Tekken King Crete earlier or last year, which was a I think I talked about it on the show. But man, what a wild book. It's like the, the art style uh, that Tayo Matsumoto has is not anything that I would expect out of like, quote unquote, typical manga that ends mm-hmm. up in the West. Right. Like there is this kind of perfection in style, I think, in a lot of manga that ends up in the hands of people in the West. Um, but it's like every once in a while you get creators like this um, that and uh, what's what's the name? Uh, the person who did uh, River's Edge, I want to say Kyoko <sighs> Ozuki, I think she did like Helter Skelter and stuff. And it's so like not when I think manga, I don't think that way of doing pencils and line work. And this guy is exactly like that. It's like totally different and it's so refreshing because it still has all of these beats and these things that you expect out of manga but you're getting it in a different like visual way i i love it i'm so i'm i'm hyped i'm have to check this out too all these freaking books you guys (laughs) i swear i'm trying to just read through my backlog and then you're throwing all these really fucking cool books at me how dare you how dare you on my own podcast Uh, thank you yeah thank you uh well i think that's probably gonna wrap up today's show um we're probably gonna do a little post credits if you don't know on our patreon if you're a patreon member you get access to the post credits which is a little bit where the folks on the show we talk a little bit more about things that we're talking about today or completely off topic stuff we did a lot of discussion about wrestling last week which was fun um but yeah so if you're if you want to join our patreon at patreon.com slash ircb podcast i recommend you do so but next week's show Boy, oh boy, episode 400 is coming. It's going to be live on Twitch. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, wait until Sunday. Go listen to us live on twitch.tv slash IRCB podcast. Join us live. We're going to be doing a I, I, we're going to do a guessing game, which is going to be really interesting. I've asked everybody on the show to draw me the IRCB logo. Uh, and we're going to try to see if we can guess who drew what, uh, which is going to be really fun. But it's going to be me, Danny, Nick and Zach. We're going to be talking about the last year of IRCB. We're going to be talking about the next year of IRCB, uh, everything that we loved and are excited for in terms of comics. It's it's really going to be a free for all. It may be like four hours long. I don't know. Xander <laughs> might come to my house with a knife and cut my Achilles tendon uh, if I do that. But uh, because he doesn't want to kill me, but he's definitely going to hurt me. I think if we do that, you know, uh, we'll see. It's going to be a fun episode. So please make sure to tune in live at the twitch.tv slash IRCB podcast. We're going to have a great time. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of visual elements. Um, so I apologize in advance, audio listeners, but um, it's going to be a, a heck of a good time. So make sure you're there. Uh, Infinity Shred does all the music for our show. They are the best band in the universe and we love them. Uh, they have a brand new EP that came out where they re-recorded some of their old music and it sounds fantastic. Their new drummer has been killing it and i really love what they did on this new record so go check that out xander is (laughs) xander is jason statham in that beekeeper movie (laughs) like he's gonna i'm the telemarketer he's gonna come to me if we record a four-hour episode and i'm very worried about it so uh i'm gonna try not to do that next week (laughs) 
I want to say thank you to everyone hanging out with us live on Discord. You're fantastic. We love you. I want to say thank you to Paloma and Kate for this episode. This is great. Uh, until next time, and until next week, for episode 400, comics are good, and so are you.